What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Martin, with another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast. And today's guest, we have businesswoman, Yanina Yarzo. How are you, Yanina? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Hanging in there. How's your day going so far? Good? Good, good. Just, you know, trucking it over. I, was, I came out of town a little bit ago, so just settling. I feel like every time whenever you travel, even if it's like a city away, you just have to unpack, wash mm-hmm. clothes catch up on email so that's what i've been doing the last two days yeah it's it's, it's a lot yeah it's, it's like same thing i just came back from dubai and it's like everything is like crunched up and like i had to like go through emails i had to do a bunch of stuff so yeah it's it's definitely one of those especially if you're in a creative world yeah so, so, yeah because you don't have like a nine to five so you're like wait i have to find my schedule again mm-hmm. and it's very tough especially when you're going on vacation yeah it's, it's very tough to balance it but we make it happen because we're we're all creatives here so but um, now, break down on who Yanina Oyarzo is and everything. Give us your start and growing up and everything, growing up in Miami. Well, actually, I was born in Venezuela. I lived mm-hmm. there until the age of eight. So I like saying it because even though I, you know, would love being Latin American, which I am now, I guess, because, you know, I've lived so much of my life in America and the U.S., um, I do love that I was born where I'm from. Um, and I had that culture and I had 15 aunts and uncles, over 112 cousins was the last time I counted in, I think it was like 2011. So it's a lot more than that now. Um, But I grew up in Venezuela until I was eight, and then I moved to Miami. And growing up in Miami was definitely a culture shock for me. There was positives, there was negatives. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, it's funny because actually I have a TikTok of the talk show I'm on, and it's a clip saying that I learned English over the summer in miami by watching fresh prince of bel-air and there's so many comments that say oh this is bs there's no way but you ask any of my family members and it really was how i learned english i came Mm -hmm. to the united states in march and that's already at the end of the school year so i couldn't go into the grade that i was supposed to go into but funny story is that i skipped first grade so i was supposed actually i skipped kinder so i went straight to first grade in venezuela so when i came here i wanted to go into the end of first grade and they were like no because it's march you can't come in because you don't know english so i had to start first grade which put me in my regular grade based on my age um in august when school started so i had from march all the way to august to either learn english or have to do ESOL, which, you know, it's ESL, the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So my mom spent so much money on this program called Hooked on Phonics that I probably used twice because it was just mm-hmm. like overwhelming of how many cards it had and CDs and all this stuff. And I loved watching TV. So I would sit mm-hmm. in my grandma's living room and in her recliner and watch Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Baywatch and Saved by the Bell. And because I didn't really know what was happening, but I thought Safe by the Bell and Fresh Prince were so cool, I would just put captions to try to understand what was happening and I would mimic the words. And at the age of eight, you grasp onto things so easily. Mm-hmm. By the time it was, I remember my favorite word was okay. And then it became, <laughs> I don't know. So anybody would ask me something and I'd be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end of um, July, I was fluent in English and I never had to take ESOL classes. So I went right into first grade and that's how like I started. And after that, I joined a lot of activities just because I was very sociable. So I got mm-hmm. into dance at a very young age. I started going to church at the age of 11. I got into the dance program, into the youth program there. 
I was in band in middle school and in dance. Um, I would do, I did track for two years in middle school. I did mm-hmm. volleyball one year. Um, so I would just do different activities. My mm-hmm. mom was and stuff during the summer. I did three summers of like swim camp. Um, and just that, that's kind of what was my upbringing to try to like find my way. And it had positives and negatives throughout it all. Yeah. That's crazy because you literally just gave me nostalgia because mm-hmm. you and I have literally the same story. Only difference is the country. I'm from Albania. So I came here in America mm-hmm. when I was 10 and same thing. I got skipped the grade. And then I went from like third to like fifth. And then I used to watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And that's exactly how I learned English, watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then watching like um, WB was a big thing. I don't know. If you didn't have cable, you were watching like WB. And then so I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Wayne's Brothers, and and all of these shows. Because when we first moved to America, we moved to Washington, D.C., and I was the only white kid in DC in that school. So everybody kind of gravitated towards me. And then one th- and then another thing that was similar was my only two words that I used to say was yes and no. You mm-hmm. asked me a question, it was like yes and no, yes and no. So and then I did ESL and then so fast forward and then I moved to Virginia for a little bit for like 22 years after like 20 years. And then that's when uh I learned English, but then hip hop kind of gave me that ebonics of like. Don't try to like the, I was, I tried, I tried to like shorten the words a little bit. Like I didn't want to speak too proper because I, I just didn't like it. So okay. like hip hop kind of helped me. I was like, okay, use a little bit of slang, use a little bit. And then that's when I fell with hip hop, fell in love with hip hop. So hip hop, Fresh Prince of Ballet, Wayne's Brothers, Moesha, all of these shows kind of helped me with English and then subtitles and everything. So that's, yeah. that's so definitely similar story. You just gave me nostalgia like crazy. And then the activities part was I did tennis. I played the Obe instrumental instrument, and it was just like, I was really, and then LL Cool J kind of gave me the style of how to dress in America. So okay. it, it was, yeah, it was, it was, so it's very similar. That's, that's really cool. Now, what inspired you growing up, like people or entertainment or anything? Like, whoa. Well, my first person that I was like literally sickening, obsessed with was Shakira. Like, mm-hmm. I remember back in the day in Venezuela, she started out as like kind of like a pop rock artist and she had mm-hmm. string braids and I would always braid my hair that way in Venezuela. And um, I actually belly danced for eight years and it started because of my obsession with Shakira. Mm-hmm. Um, so she inspired me a lot just because I felt like throughout her career, she's always been known as a really um, confident person in what she knows and, and her artistry, but she's also a very nice um, mm-hmm never heard negative stories like i've known many people that know her throughout time and never is she stern on the things that she likes work-wise sure but never offensive never rude um you know to your average joe or to the ceo which i've always appreciated so i loved her growing up i looked up to oprah Mm -hmm. from a really young age in the way that she was able to make people feel comfortable when she spoke to them. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I looked up to a lot of women that were around me, whether it be in church. I, you know, everybody has a favorite teacher growing up. My favorite teacher was my third grade teacher, Miss Ames. Mm-hmm. That, funny enough, this is, I'm kind of aging myself, but back in the days when there was phone books, I remember when I was in middle school, I wanted to keep in touch with her so bad. And I was in middle school now. So, you know, I had moved schools and I looked up her name on the phone book 
And I called yes. her and, and she answered and she's like, hello. And I was like, is this Miss Ames? And she's like, yes, who's this? And I was like, this is Yanina. And she was like, I thought she was going to think I was like this biggest weirdo ever. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, my favorite student. And still to this day, we actually have each other on Facebook. I have a few other teachers as well from growing mm-hmm, up, but mm-hmm. I have her on Facebook and all her kids. So she definitely, um, you know, was a big influence to me. My music teacher, Ms. McKen's, uh, Ms. McAdam, growing mm-hmm. up in elementary school. Um, I... I think just like different women, like even some moms of my friends, the way they dealt with things, they were very business oriented. I've I've always been very independent. So mm-hmm. I've always looked for that in women. So pretty much your school teachers were your biggest inspiration, mostly. Yeah, my school teachers, you know, um, Shakira, I would say I loved mm-hmm. and uh, and other women that I came across in, throughout like different stages of life. And then you were once in a band as well. What uh, and then what what type of band was it, and what role did you play in that band? Yeah, I was in jazz band in middle school, mm-hmm. and I played the clarinet, first chair. Very proud. <laughs> nice, nice. Do you still play that sometimes, or like on your off time, or nah? No, I haven't played a clarinet in so long. Um, I mean, I know I wouldn't know how to read the notes, but I'm sure I'll be familiar with it. But obviously I know how to like breathe into it to make a sound mm-hmm. if that counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh you were also big on uh wearing, you know, less makeup as, as you got older. Would you ever start a makeup line in as in the future or no? That's something like in the past. You know, I've I'm probably even though I do a lot of beauty content. It's never been something that I have had in my goals to create a brand. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed. I've always said I've wanted to create a capsule collection with a brand. So, you know, whether it's a PR box or a month where I'm um, the face and the curator of it, that mm-hmm. would be really fun. And that's on my goals list to be, you know, to curate a box, to create a package, to curate a release, maybe like three to five items. I would love to do that. But a whole collection, has never weirdly enough been a passion of mine maybe it would down in the future but right now it's not um and yeah like i used to wear a lot of makeup i still do wear you know quite a lot of makeup when i have like heavy glam days but more than anything i think that if your skin isn't great doesn't matter what you put above it it's not going to look great so mm-hmm. you don't have to put so much if you're if you're taking care of the base which is your skin Um, so I just try to like, let my skin breathe. I try to, you know, when I do do makeup, I have a lot of steps because it's minimal product each step rather than, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you've seen those videos. I mean, you're a guy, but like, I don't know if you've seen those videos of like girls putting like pounds of foundation and obviously it's for the video purpose. So it looks extreme, but there are people that wear that much makeup or see those videos and think I have to wear this much makeup for the coverage. And there's a reason why foundations for example are medium to light coverage or heavy coverage because it doesn't take that much to have to Mm -hmm. wear to cover Mm -hmm. something yeah i've seen especially like clubs like if you go to clubs or whatever there's different types of women and like you notice you could definitely tell who's wearing too much makeup or or like less makeup it's definitely it's definitely up there so and i noticed that in clubs mostly nowhere else i don't know why it's just weird maybe the lighting i don't know how what, what it was i think also if you're in the club setting you're wanting to appear older mm-hmm. whether it's because you want to 
you know, look a certain way or right. you're young right. and you should be in here. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Now, after Miami, you moved to LA to help expand uh, a music management firm, which mm -hmm. and then in which helped a lot of uh, top top charting artists. Uh, for those experiences, what advice do you have on, on and the pros and cons for those that are entering that realm? Um, I think you should definitely, and this is, I think, as a creative in general, even outside of music. If you're a creative, you should learn about the business side of it. You shouldn't walk into anything unknown, whether you're an artist, whether you're a music producer, a songwriter, a content creator, an actor, know the business side of things because it's great to be a creative, but it's you're very easily influenced and even possibly guided in the wrong direction, which can delay your progress if you're just in there blindly you know so like educate yourself there's so many books there's so many youtube videos there's so many podcasts that teach you about it mm -hmm. the business side of it so i think definitely being aware and understanding the terminology the language you know what's what's um what makes sense when somebody is trying to like offer you something what sounds too good to be true and you know could be could be a lies and deception. Um, so I definitely think that and also understanding somebody said this to me a long time ago, and it stuck to me. If you are a creative, a musician, a producer, a songwriter, and you're looking for a manager, are you at 60%? And mm. the job of a manager is to take you from 60% to 100. Mm. But if you're not at 60% yet, they're only going to take you a little bit higher. But you shouldn't get a manager until you've done everything possible that you can for yourself right. and you have momentum going. Once you have that momentum going, a lot of people, including myself in the past when I've gotten management, get comfortable. So you get a manager and then your content mm -hmm. kind of working. Your production's kind of, you're not as, you know, you're kind of like, now I have a manager and now this person's working for me. Yes, they're working for you, but they're working off like the fuel that you've been making. So mm -hmm. if you blow that down, guess what happens to the percentage of them reaching 100 for you? It's slowing down as well. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to train your brain that if anything, do double the moment you have a manager because now you have another person that believes in you and that is walking into doors that you didn't have access to before. And I had to remind myself that the first few times I got a manager because subconsciously you just feel you have a team, you can relax a little, but it's like, no, you have a team, so push harder. Yeah. It's like you just got a new set of tires. So now you can go even faster, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that I would give that advice to creatives that when you're going to the industry, get knowledgeable in the, in the business side of it so you can actually have intellectual conversations and mm -hmm. understand when people are talking to you about different terms, different possibilities, different opportunities. And also don't press the brakes when you are in the chance of getting a manager and don't go looking for a manager just because you feel you have potential manager mm -hmm. will come to you when you've reached 60 percent. so mm -hmm. there's so many outlets nowadays if you don't know how to do anything you can google it literally you can watch a youtube mm -hmm. video um i've always told people <clears throat> with the internet now everything is available so if you don't know something within an hour and a half of you googling it you should be able to figure it out you should be able to have the assets to learn if you haven't figured it out in an hour. Mm -hmm, Whether mm -hmm. it's a YouTube video or a course that you can take or something. And before anybody else is going to invest in you, you have to make sure you're investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. When I started as a content creator, 
no brands wanted to work with me because they didn't know. So I had to invest in purchasing and using whatever I already had around me to create content. Um, recently, somebody told me that they wanted to get into the beauty realm of things. And they are more of like, they have like a family Instagram and they're pretty big on YouTube family wise. But she used to be a makeup artist. And I told her, I said, you have so much makeup at home. You're not creating the content for the brands that you want to reach out to you. So mm. how are they supposed to know that you want to work with them? You have to start creating content organically before they start paying you. You know, as an artist, nobody's going to start booking you for shows if they don't even see, can you sing? Can you perform? Like you have a camera at home. Everybody has an iPhone or an Android. Everybody has a laptop. Use it. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned the comfortability of when you get a management. I noticed that with us, uh, because I have a lot of actor friends. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as they get like a talent agent or anything, they just sit back and they just work their day job. And then like, oh, my agent's going to do this for me. And it's that, it's that comfortable. So for me, it's like, if you're, especially in an informative age, you have to like, like you said, you have to use what, the utilities you have, whether it's the phone, laptop and everything else. So it, it, for me, it's like, and I always go back to what Biggie said, treat everything like an internship no matter how far you've gone. Yeah. It's always some, there's always something to learn. There's always something to, especially now, like if you're, if you, if you choose not to, you choose to be ignorant, you know what I mean? It's, you can't be ignorant in an informative age. It's like right. you choose to do that. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I find that, I find that with a lot of people and then it's, it's crazy to see because it's like, it's right in front of you. There's no, it's Google is the best friend. So now what does, you say, you, this is your quote that you use a lot. Uh, it's also your mantra almost. Uh, what does aspire to inspire mean to you? Well, aspire to inspire, the reason why I've been using it is because I only want to be inspirational to people in the sense of being transparent and authentic through my journey. So I'm constantly aspiring to be inspiring. I don't want to be looked at as somebody that is unreachable. Mm -hmm. I don't want my lifestyle or my values or my success to be like, wow, that's amazing, but it can never be me. Instead, I want to be able to inspire people that if I could do it, whether it's a makeup tutorial, whether it's a level of success, whether it's a level of peace, whether it's a level of happiness, like you can achieve it too. Because mm -hmm. you know, there's those Instagrams or people that you see and they're just not reachable. They're not um, attainable. Like you can't, they look nice from afar, but you can never get a hold of them. You can never re like be able to reach them. Mm -hmm. There's those Instagrams that are so like crazy of travel, but you're like, that would never be my life, but it's pretty to look at. I don't mm -hmm. want to, I think that that's beautiful and that's great. And that has its own place, but I want to be the person that you can reach out to me and I'm going to respond. You can, you can relate to me because I didn't have the most amazing upbringing mm -hmm. or I didn't have this upbringing that didn't make me, you know, be aware of myself or have a sense of reality. Like I'm literally just like every other girl, whether you think we look alike or not, because I have gone through my hurdles. I have worked through them and I'm constantly working through them and being very authentic about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, outside of everything that you do, what are some hobbies you like to do? I love Pilates. I've done Pilates for probably over 10 years now. Nice. Um, I like going on walks. Um, obviously, I live in Los Angeles, so mm -hmm. there's a lot of hikes. 
where it's not like hiking on the side of the mountain mm-hmm. with freaking tools and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, walking in an incline. Um, I love being by the water whenever I can possible, whether that's traveling or driving to Malibu and just like driving by the water. Literally, I don't have to get out or anything. Just mm-hmm. being able to do that calms me. I love to eat. If you offer to take me to try a new restaurant and you're like, hey, there's this new restaurant in trial. Want to go try it? Yes. The answer will always be yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very adventurous when it comes to trying food. Um, what else? I also love, I wouldn't say I love to shop, but I love to help my friends shop. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine went to the Grammys last year and he was in town from London. And I we spent probably like 12 hours running like different malls and different stores and mm-hmm. getting outfits together. And that was really fun for me. Um, I love helping my friends. Um, whenever my friends ask me for help in a project or anything, like I'm always all hands on. Um, so I really enjoy doing that. Um, probably those are a few of my hobbies. I like journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to sleep. <laughs> so whenever <laughs> possible, I do love to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned hiking and then stuff. What, what, what are some, because you know, there's a lot of spots in LA you can hike, whether it's the canyons and everything. What's your favorite spot to hike in? Probably Paradise Falls. Um, it nice. has a waterfall, and I love being able to um, hike there. And um, it's in Thousand Oaks, and it's just it's very pretty. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard about that because I usually went to um, the Wisdom Tree. That was my go-to for everything because it's just a, a great workout. And then you can go from there to the Hollywood sign, which is a pretty beautiful view after that. So it's definitely LA has definitely its perks. For sure, especially when it comes to like to like training and everything, and then they're super big on health as well, mm-hmm. you know. And then, what are some some of your favorite foods? Speaking of health, food, I love Japanese, all types of Asian food, like Japanese, Chinese, Thai. Mm-hmm. I love all of that. I love seafood. I love crab legs. I love spicy food. Mm-hmm. Latin food. Um, I like. I crave not that much, but I crave pasta here and there. I'm not really of a like an American food type person. Like I don't really crave pizza or hamburgers. Right. I'm not a hot dogs person. Um, but I do, I do love like the other type that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly foreign food, pretty much. I mean, yeah, that's that's most of us foreigners. Like we tend to like not do too much American food instead. Especially we we try to do all types of different ones. Now, if your life had a soundtrack, which three tracks would you pick? Oh my God, I love music. I literally love music. Well. I don't know if this is a soundtrack to my life or not that I want it to be a soundtrack to my life, but I do want to mention this. I found Russ's song 315 last night and I haven't stopped Mm. playing it just because I love the vocal switch up. It also gives me production wise, it gives me like a, a mellow, I don't want to disrespect the producer by saying this, but it does give me a mellow timbo kind of feeling. I'm not going to try to like beatbox the sound that I was like, wait, because I'm going to butcher it. But I was listening to it last night. And at one point I was like, this is very Justin and Timbo kind of like elements. And the production is like way watered down of Timbo, but you can still kind of hear it in there. And just the way he like did the vocal change up and everything. I was like, wow, this is bringing me back. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that song, but Anything probably I'd have to add if I had to do three songs, I'd probably have to add like a Spanish OG Shakira one. Mm-hmm. Probably either Tu, which is T U, just very emotional and sad, 
but it's like a song describing how much she loves this person. And if anybody knows me in real life, they know I am such a lover, whether you're my friend, whether you're the person I'm with, like I am just, if you give me the opportunity to love you, I literally run with it. Um, I love being able to show people like how much I care about them. Mm-hmm. And um, so that probably should hear a song from that. There has to be a good rap song. And I <laughs> want to say it'll probably be, this is going to be so like far off from like what I just said about Shakira, but it'll probably be, this is hard because you're going to, people are going to judge me based off this, but I'll say soon you'll understand <laughs> mm. by Jay-Z. And it's like, I think it's like Jay-Z, Eminem. Mm-hmm. Is that soon you'll yeah, it's like a few a few people, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, because I only heard "Renegade" with Eminem and Jay Z. Soon, let's see. Soon you'll understand. I believe it's like a whole group. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. But soon you'll understand is good, and and that's more like "F you," you know, for the mm-hmm. heartbroken time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then another one, maybe what's a song that makes me happy? Probably like a Mariah Carey song. Mm-hmm. Mariah Carey always makes me happy, like her back in the day jams. Cause I like music nowadays, but I don't know. It just comes and goes. The my love for it, you know, like it's like very microwave. Like, yeah, it's cool to play, but it's nothing that is really timeless for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I, let's say that a Mariah Carey song. I can't really think of one right now that. There's like so many I love. Yeah, the Shakira yeah. song for my lovingness, and then a Jay Z song or a Kanye song. Honestly, yeah. I love Kanye over Jay Z personally. Um, so probably a Kanye song about I don't know f f u towards love. Mm-hmm. Probably something from Eight mm-hmm. and Heartbreaks or something. Mm-hmm. That's a great album. And you also mentioned Soon You'll Understand, which is a great album as well. It comes from the Dynasty album. Yep. It, it's such a great album like because uh, i was like what like 10 or 11 when i came out i have and no idea how old i was i just know that i've i've loved hip-hop yeah it's it was 2000 2001 i think it came out no 2001 was blueprint so it's like 99 2000 around there yeah, it's such a great album um yeah yeah i forgot about that song yeah that's a good one and that you're right that was so far off from what you mentioned before which was which is great um yeah, now yeah. After a while, you started your own YouTube channel and you grew your audience, which that eventually led you to partnerships with national campaigns and TV and like top brands like Puma, Adidas, Frito-Lays, Uber. What has been your favorite campaign to work on thus far? Oh my God, that's so hard because I feel like I put my heart and soul into each campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, I really loved doing the adidas campaign because it was the first time i've ever been inside a store um mm-hmm. so i think that was a really cool surreal moment for me um i loved the fritos commercial because it was in such a huge production like there was this huge crane and there was like a drone that could literally kill like five people if you were anywhere close to it because it was so huge um and it was right before the pandemic so it was like a cool way to like kind of like sit for a second mm-hmm. um i loved i'm trying to think there was an urban decay campaign i did and we shot it in their studios which was really fun 
and I love that it was like January of 2019. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, I've loved. I did a Fenty campaign on TikTok that was really fun to shoot last year. I don't know. I, I've loved, all, but I've also worked with Puma quite some time, like a few different times. And one of the times, I think it was two March, like March 2020. I was. Um, women on the rise which was really special and and cool for me so i don't know i feel like it's hard it's like choosing your own baby but Hmm. i i will say i don't pick a campaign if i'm not gonna connect with it and if i don't believe in it Mm -hmm. i rather just i rather just like you know go with it i know that there's people that can like make fun from it and still if they don't like believe in the product but i have to genuinely want to be a part of it yeah, I think I remember a campaign. I think I saw Lenny S. I think did the shoot for that. I think it was the Puma campaign. I don't know if it. Oh, Lenny did the vote, the voting campaign. Oh, uh, okay. Because I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that campaign. He shot a bunch of different people, and then you were. I noticed that you were one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was for Rock the Vote. Okay, okay. I don't know why I thought Puma, because yeah. they work closely with Puma. But um, now, Get It Girl TV. Expound a little bit on that. And the mission behind it. Pretty Girl is a talk show on the network. The network is LATV. It's a network that is on regular TV. Like anybody can have it. Mm -hmm. It's in 17 states. Um, And then it's also online on YouTube. I believe the last time I asked them, they were revamping their um, LATV Apple app um, because it was a little bit outdated. So it came down from that for a little bit. It's in 53 million households. It's an all-female talk show where we talk about everything women-related. We have celebrities. We have actors. We have women CEOs. We have um, different cultures on there. It's a bilingual talk show. It's the only bilingual talk show. And I've been on it now for two and a half seasons. It's Mm. something that I was brought on last year. And I really enjoy filming it. I enjoy being a part of it. It makes me feel like home and we just try to keep it real, you know, at least on my part. Um, I try to be very authentic and share as much as I can. And also sometimes even push myself in hopes that the viewer is able to relate to one of our stories when we are talking about them. Mm-hmm. It's, you said it's the only bilingual show, right? Yeah, we talk sometimes, we interview sometimes the females in Spanish. If, you know, if they're CEOs or there was a TV producer and she only spoke Spanish. Um, and so it's the only bilingual talk show. That's pretty dope because you can bring so many different audiences from so many mm-hmm. different angles. That's, that's amazing. That's like target audience to a key. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, now best advice you can give overall based on all of the experience that you have. Oh my God. Perseverance, perseverance. I, I, it's like the one thing that if you expect things to be quick, then they're going to end quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that perseverance to, to like go towards what you want, don't do it. If you're doing it for attention, if you're doing it for notoriety, it's the, the passion is going to fade for it quickly. So mm-hmm. really persevere to either search for what it is that makes you happy, persevere to search for, you know, what it is that brings you peace, perseverance to reach different goals and different milestones and it's it's been my thing i've always persevered through everything whether it's mm-hmm. been through a competition 
to, you know, finish school, to be able to be debt free, to be able to communicate with people and like, you know, to be better at myself, to heal the things that I haven't healed from. I'm always pushing and persevering through every obstacle that comes my way because everywhere in life, there's going to be obstacles. If you think Mm -hmm. that, oh, well, I'm good at this. So the moment that I hit a block, that means that I should just switch up my careers, then you're never going to reach anywhere because there's always going to be, you know, things that come up that make you question how much do you want this? Mm. Now I'm not saying sell your soul for it. That's right. the story, but it's persevering. Am I doing the work? Am I really focusing on what's important? Am I really finding what my purpose is, my calling? Am I doing this for the right reasons? You know, I mm-hmm. I stepped away from the music industry because it wasn't my calling, but it was my purpose in that time in my life. Mm-hmm. And it did what it needed to do. And sometimes I still dabble and do creative direction here and there, but that's not what I'm meant to do for my whole mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you always challenged yourself and always stayed uncomfortable to get to that comfortability. Like uncomfortability is my favorite thing. And I hate it sometimes while I'm in it. But it always, always, always taught me so much. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it takes a certain type of personality. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a little bit of a masochist, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But a masochist in a, in a healthy way, you know. Um, and I've just always been like, mm, if I start feeling too comfortable for too long, I'm like, all right, how can we shake this up a little bit? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the pandemic kind of did that for you as well? Oh, I think it did it for a lot of people in different ways. Whether mm-hmm. it's listen, if you went through the pandemic and searched inner, if you went through the pandemic and changed careers, if you went through the pandemic and started a career, if you went through the pandemic and found peace, if you started working out, if you changed your eating habits, if you change, if you stopped addictive like tendencies, doesn't matter what category it is. I feel like pandemic hit everyone in one way, like shape or form. And it's all up to you if, is, did you decide to focus on it and be aware of it? Or did you push it off to the side and just continue right. being the person that you are? Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause I feel like that's what happened to me as a photographer. Like I got stuck. I was like, okay, nobody wants to shoot cause nobody wants to be near each other. How do I stay connected with people? Podcasts. So I started my podcast and I was like, okay, I'm going to start my podcast. I'm just going to connect with people through there. So then once the world opens up, we can still be connected and then we can still collaborate and stick and, you know, like I said, stay connected. So that level of uncomfortability is very important for those that are listening. It's Never get too comfortable with anything because you never know what can happen. We didn't know the pandemic was going to happen, so right. and it's it's so. And I think and I think that a lot of people fear uncomfortability, but so many things in life are waiting to take off the moment you step into that uncomfortability. You know, and you're not going to know until you actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I understand how scary that can be, mm-hmm. but every time that I've jumped, whether it be out of a relationship into a relationship whether it be personal business. Um, when I decided to get out of a comfortable job because I was like, this is, yes, it's paying my bills, but it's not making me happy. When I decided to get an extra job because my current job was making me happy, but wasn't paying my bills and I had to be responsible. If I lived in a two bedroom apartment and instead of 
having the second bedroom be a studio, I was like, I can lower my stress on my shoulders right now and put a roommate in there. Will it make me uncomfortable? Yes. But would it make me achieve my goals a little bit quicker and easier? Yes. And do that. Or the opposite, when I when my roommate moved out um, during the pandemic, actually, I was like, all right, I'm either going to move out of here and move into a one bedroom or I'm going to turn this into a, you know, a, a production studio and it's going to push me to work more. But I have to understand, I have to push myself at this point because now I have two bedrooms to, you know, be in responsible. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think yeah. that it's all about like, okay, how much do you want it? How much are you willing, you know, how much do you want to feel better? How much do you want to stop these tendencies that you continue to do, whether it's toxic tendencies, whether it's, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be a moment where you just respectfully, you got to be tired of your bullshit. Yeah. You know, and there comes a time where you're just so tired of it mm-hmm, that it's mm-hmm. like, are you going to keep complaining about it? Or are you going to do something about it? Because yeah. nobody's here yeah. to save you but yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's and a it, responsibility to save you but yourself. Exactly. And it's a pretty lonely, like in the industry, things can get pretty lonely too. So that's another thing you have to balance out, like the 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 how to be creative when you're by yourself. You know, yeah. like you said, your roommate moved out and you're like, okay, well now I have a little bit of more thinking to do about this space. So let me get creative with it. Because it can get pretty lonely, you know, when you live by yourself. I know so many people that uh in that are like, hey, what are you coming to see me? You know, I like to like I need people around me. And it's like you have to get comfortable by being alone. Start creating something. Start doing right. something, you know what I mean? Don't just don't. Yeah, and I think also like, also pride, like mm-hmm. pride, is such a big thing. Like, are things holding you back out of the pride of asking for help? Out of the pride of, you know, mentioning that you may. I saw a quote actually yesterday from, um, what's his face? Uh, not Will Smith. Um, the guy from the comedian, um, from the movie. Oh my God, Jim Carrey. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, if if you need to change your lifestyle for a year to be able to be to be able to have the lifestyle for the rest of your life that mm-hmm. you want, and you're not willing to do that, that's called pride. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and he's and at that point, you're living for other people. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you, I know so many people that slept on a couch for a year to make their dreams come true slept on somebody's floor that roomed with like six different people that interned for two years for free while doing other stuff. How bad do you want it? And I remember when I had interns, when I was in the music industry, I had a curriculum and, you know, it's the example of going and getting a cheesecake for Diddy, you know, back in the day talk show, it's how bad do you want it? And you got to work for it. A lot of times people just, don't want to work for it. Whether working mm-hmm. for it means making three TikToks a day, that can be working for it mm-hmm. if it's in the line of work. You know, if you're trying to be a content creator, if you're trying to get your music out there, if you're trying to be a songwriter, producer, create content, it's free, but you got to do work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the quote was about like, if, you, if you're willing to downgrade your lifestyle, I think to get, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I know exactly the quote that you're talking about. And yeah, it's a matter of that uncomfortability too. Like we mentioned, you got to be uncomfortable and continue to create because TikTok is like, what, 15 seconds? You can take 15 seconds or maybe two hours out of the day to create different content and you can use that content for a week. Right. And it's like, sis, you're telling me you want to perform in stadiums, but you won't even 
like perform in front of a camera of people that you're not even looking at, you're not mm-hmm. ready. They want mm-hmm. it, but you're not ready. And yeah. I always say, God only gives you what you're ready for. You may you're ready, mm-hmm. but you may lose yourself. You may not know how to handle it if you were to get it. So mm-hmm. you know, like, make sure you've done everything to the best potential before yeah. you're asking for more. Another mm-hmm. thing somebody once told me is, until you've mastered the stage in your life you're currently in, God is not going to give you the next step because mm-hmm. he knows that if he gives you the next step, you're not going to know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So stop asking for the next step and make sure that you're focused on mastering the current step you're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember in film school, one teacher was like, if you can't make it as an actor, grab a camera and start filming shit. Use the people around you and create stuff. And eventually you're going to put yourself in front of the camera. Yeah. And I think too, is like, like going back to pride, like there's so, so much pride. I have had friends where, you know, I sit down with them and they're complaining and complaining and complaining. And you, I, listen, I catch myself in complaining tactics sometimes as well too, like in cycles, but I'm able to now pull myself out of them. But I'll have friends where they're complaining, complaining, complaining about how unhappy they are in their current situation. And I'm like, well, why haven't you asked me for help if mm-hmm. I'm willing to help you? They're like, oh, because you're busy. And I said, yeah, you know, I am busy, but you haven't asked. So it's like sometimes we have a Rolodex of people that could help us, not Mm -hmm. give it to us, not give us a free hand, but help us just a half a step or give us the tools that we may need to do the work. Mm -hmm. And we're so prideful in asking that nothing happens, no movement happens. And then we're wondering why. And it's like, if you can make money off the people on your phone, why do you have them safe on your phone? True. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You have to, yeah, you have to utilize, especially in an informative age. Like, yeah. There's no reason. Your contacts and the people you follow on Instagram should be your network. If you cannot contact anybody from the social media people that you follow or the people you have saved on your phone for a job interview, to help use their tools and whatever they have, whether it's a camera or something, whether it's to use their services to be creative, whether it's a collaboration thing, whether it's advice, whether it's to send an email for you as an intro, whether it's to get you into the door and then you have to sell yourself. Why do you have them safe? Why are you following them? Mm -hmm. Your Rolodex in social media and on your contact list is your next step. And -hmm. if you're not using it, you need to look back at yourself at your pride mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you can only be the person that gets through the next step. Exactly. If you don't ask, it's always going to be, the answer is always going to be no. And That's social media, true. social media is, is another form of manager. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, utilize it. Like I've said it like three times already. And it's the informative age. Utilize it. Don't be ignorant about it. That's right. It's ego. Mm-hmm. So like okay it's yeah it's, it's a lot of things that come into play yeah 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 it's but it's also that like fear of like asking like i don't know how he's gonna think about me or she's gonna think about me out the other thing of me that i always use people and it's like nah bro like just ask and, and listen i'm not saying that every, every time you ask you're gonna get told a yeah mm-hmm. but what if out of every 15 20 no's you get one yes mm-hmm. that one yes is all you need because it's one step Mm-hmm. Like, uh, cause I remember I hit you up like 
uh, throughout like this past two years and to be on the podcast. And I was like, okay, let me continue to hit her up. Maybe one day she'll respond. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the, the persistency of it. And I was like, okay, let me, like, I would go through the, through the list and I'm like, okay. Oh yeah. Nina right there. Okay. You know what? Let me unsend this and let me resend it until right. she, until she grabs it. You know what I mean? And sometimes people don't see it sometimes. Mm-hmm time of their life like you know i have my own series on instagram called behind the face and i am not as consistent with it because i'm very intentional with the women i want on it and some of the women are either not in a great mental state have too much going on or don't have anything going on right now so they don't want to do it until it aligns for them and i understand Mm -hmm. that i'm doing this in their timeline because of the fact that i get it but guess what i'm going to continue knocking i tweeted the other day I'm going to continue knocking on doors and that's what's going to make me get to the mm-hmm. door that I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's-, it's the constant knocking. I, um, I, somebody <laughs> in high school, I remember the guy I was dating told me, he goes, you know, and he said it in a negative way, but I flipped it. He goes, you know, you're very perse- you're You have a lot of perseverance. And I was like, what do you mean? And he, he was like, we argue, we fight. And then somehow we end up back together. And I was like, okay, maybe this is not a positive thing, but I'm the same way when it comes to dance, when it comes to career now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm just a very, I'm going to continue knocking until it works. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to be like, what do I need to change in myself to make it work? Mm-hmm. There's, there's this woman, her name is Sarah. She works at Apple. Amazing woman. Love her so much. And we've never worked together. But I've known her since she was working at Awesomeness. Then she went over to Viacom. Then she went over to Apple. And any time I've ever asked her to introduce me to anybody without a, or without a thought, she's done, she's done it. She's sent out the email. She's sent out the DM. She's made the call. And that's the kind of people you need around you. You know? Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything to, to connect people. No, as long know? as... She obviously has to see the talent to be able to do it, you know, because right, right, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, she sees the work I'm constantly doing, mm-hmm. so I make sense for her. Yeah, and it's a guaranteed like she's she's a legit one, you know, because mm-hmm. there are the flaky ones, but then like it's you have to pinpoint the legit one. It's like and like I said, it doesn't cost you anything to connect, and it's like if they do well together, guess who looks good? You, the connector, look good as well, because now there's that trust. Exactly. You know, and it's all about, it's, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of variables in the, in the creative world. There's a lot of variables you can go upon it, which is, which is great. Um, now towards the end of the podcast, I have these 10 rapid questions I got from inside the actor studios as I honor the host, mm-hmm. James Lipton. And the first question is, what is your favorite word? Um, my favorite word is, oh my gosh. Oh my God, not, my brain just shuts off the moment you said rapid fire. Okay, my favorite word is perseverance. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite word? Incompetence. What turned you on in life? Um, awareness. What turned you off in life? Ignorance. What sound or noise do you love? Um, I love meditation sounds. Mm. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh, nails on a chalkboard. Mm, yeah, dude. Yeah, you just gave me the no. no. It's uh, good, everyone. Yeah. Oh. Some people say the 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 plates when they're like cutting stuff on the plate. Oh, that's another. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Um, so I'm Latina, so I don't say the full word. The full word is hijo puta, but I think that's really strong. So I always say when I hit myself, I say hijo. Hijo puta, yeah. yeah. <laughs> puta sounds too harsh for me, so I just always say hijo. Hijo, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I hit my little like toe or something, it's like I'm like hijo. If something's about to fall, I'm like ay hijo, because it doesn't sound like I'm really cursing. So you know, I get away with. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh, uh, profession. I would love to direct. Mm. I think that'd be fun because I already have the eye for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, God. You want to know a funny story? So when I was little, I used to want my dream job, probably when I was like eight years old, was to be a butcher in Publix. That's the grocery (laughs) store in in, in Florida. I used to Mm -hmm. think it was so cool, the machines they would use, like by the meat section to like chop up the meat. And I would, I have in like papers of school when they were like, what do you want to do? And I'll be like the meat person in Publix. My mom still to this day haunts me about it. Um, But so uh, let's see, I wouldn't mind being a construction worker. I think that'd be really cool to like use those machines. Mm -hmm. So to think of something I wouldn't want to do, what's something really boring? Oh, I probably wouldn't want to be those people in like... um, in the court cases that type because I'm uh, perfectionist. So if I skip a word, I'd be like, oh, everybody stop talking. I need to redo this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> what are those called? Oh. Uh, type Typographers? I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't know. They're, 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 yeah, they have their own little... Uh, yeah, I've always wondered, like, how do you have the patience to do that? Like, what is... Mm-hmm. And especially, like, court cases, like the one with, like, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp right now, which is, like, oh it feels God. like... Such a long, that person probably has like a book. Yeah. Under, yeah, which is crazy. Uh, now, the last one is if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, if, well, I think heaven exists, but um, I think he'll be like, come in, get ready to relax. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope, I hope I get to like have memories. Because I heard that you lose your memories, which is sad. Ooh, that's, yeah, that is pretty sad. That's crazy. Um, any last words you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs? And where can they follow you on the socials? Yeah, so on social, you can follow me at Yanina underscore Oyarzo on everything. And um, I think the last words that I'd give is that just to stay uncomfortable, find uncomfortability because that will make you reach different heights and give yourself grace. I think that's really important, especially after the pandemic. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much things that we feel we should have achieved. We, whether by a certain age, by a certain time frame, and just remind yourself through it all to give yourself grace because it's not as easy as people make it seem online. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with so many people. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Guys, this is another episode of intuitive minds podcast. Peace. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Martin, with another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast. And today's guest, we have businesswoman, Yanino Yarzo. How are you, Yanina? 